Breathing in air, the fake ain't phony, they're just seeing impaired Cause you believe what you see or believe what ain't there The real world is twisted and to me it ain't fair Cause greedy people seem to need what ain't there And all these broke people ain't seeing they share Don't believe in lies, believe in eyes when they stare Barely getting by. The intro and outro music is West and Coast by The High Council You can check them out on SoundCloud Welcome back to another installment of The Voices in My Head I came across an interesting article on RetailDive.com. The headline reads, A third of small retailers can't pay rent as financial struggles spike again. And here's the dive brief. The share of small retail businesses that couldn't make rent rose to 34% in April, up 6 percentage points from February, according to a survey data from Alignable. Those surveyed cited inflation, including gas price spikes, supply chain issues, labor shortages, reduced revenues, and increasing rent. Of those small businesses surveyed by Alignable, 46% said their rent was higher than six months ago. Troublemaking rent varied from state to state. Across all industries, New Jersey, Illinois, and Maryland had the largest share of small businesses that couldn't pay. Other states, including New York and Texas, saw improvements in businesses' ability to pay. When I went through here, one thing I noticed is they didn't really explain how rent worked. I'm assuming that RetailDive.com's readership already understands this, but as this story gets propagated across, all they're seeing is, hey, rents are going up, and they're not understanding what makes up rent, or what is rent. And people don't fully understand that. So I want to explain a little bit of what's going on. In your neighborhood or area that you live, you have retail shopping centers. These are the shopping plazas where you have one building and it may have 5, 10, 20 stores in, each with their own door, each with their own entrance. There's a shared parking lot, maybe a shared sidewalk in front. And some of those, you may, a shopping plaza may have multiple of those buildings where you have 10 or 20 in the large, larger shopping plazas. And you just park somewhere close, you walk in the store you want to go into, you buy your stuff, you leave. So in these type of uh, situations, mom and pop goes in there and they want to rent one of these spaces. In their lease, you'll have this section actually classified as rent. That's the formal rent. The rent every month is going to be exactly the same per the contract. So in the in the lease or the contract, you'll have year one. Here's how much you're paying every month for rent. Here's year two. Now that year two could be a calendar year or it could be 12 months after signing the lease. But I'll actually have a date. On this day, your rent will go up to this amount. And then on year three, here's what your monthly rent is. Year four, year five, year six. When someone goes in and signs a lease, they're usually signing a lease for five years. It could be 10 or 20, depending on the size of the business. Now, some of the the big corporate chains that go into these places, they could be signing 20-year leases because they, they want to have all that fixed and they're, they're planning to be there a long time. But mom and pop is usually going to be five to six-year lease that they have. Then in that lease, you have another section of charges that has to be paid to the landlord called TICAM. Now, TICAM is if you're doing a triple net lease, then there's different types of leases. But usually when you see these type of shopping plazas, the the tenant is signing a triple net. Now, there's always exceptions. If you go out there and look, I'm sure, or talk to any of these people, they're doing a triple net lease, whether they realize it or not. If you have TICAM, it's a triple net lease. TICAM is an acronym that stands for Taxes, Insurance, and Common Area Maintenance. T for Taxes, I for Insurance, Common Area Maintenance, the CAM. All this is basically saying is that the landlord's not going to pay for anything of that property. Any expense 
and upkeep of that property is going to be passed on to the tenants and it will be prorated based on the the size or the square footage that you have. So a business that is renting, let's say 1,000 square feet will pay their portion of the TICAM fees where a business that is let's say 2,000 square feet will pay twice as much of the TICAM. When the business owner, when the property owner gets the tax bill in, he's going to divide it by how many square feet do I have? And then you get a portion of each of those or square feet that is equivalent to how much you're leasing. So if you're leasing 1,000, you'll get 1,000 of those square feet of taxes you pay. Then there's the insurance. So the landlord is going to have to have insurance on the property if someone slips and falls, someone hurts themselves, someone trips on a sidewalk, and then tries to sue the the landlord for something they did wrong. The common area maintenance is multiple things. Number one, it's the normal yard maintenance, sign maintenance, keeping the lights on in the parking lot. It could be security, paying for security if they have security in the area. Also, it could be they're paying for the water. They may not want to have multiple water meters out and have each tenant pay the water. So they're paying the water bill and then they divide that up proportionally to everybody. And it could also be any type of heating or air units. So if you have one of these buildings that has, let's say, 20 individual stores, you may have two or three individual air conditioning units on the roof that then cools and heats all the units in that building. Well, if one of those units dies, then everybody's going to pay for that if it has to be replaced. Or if there's maintenance on that, everybody has to re- has to pay for that maintenance. So they just track all these expenses throughout the year. And then at the end of the year, they figure out, okay, we're going to charge everybody. So this is very similar to your escrow on your mortgage. So every month you're paying escrow, which is, is your insurance, homeowner's insurance and your tax bill to your mortgage company. And they hold this then at the end of the year or sometime at the beginning of the year when they get the insurance bill for for your house that they pay and then they pay the taxes, they decide, all right, if there's a deficiency, we're going to then just raise the escrow portion of your bill. So you start your, you'll see your mortgage payment go up so you can catch up throughout the year. Well, on these retail properties, this isn't what happens. So when you go ahead and sign your lease with the property manager, that lease is going to have, here's the current TICAM fees based on what we know today. So you, uh, the year one of your lease will have their current or their recent calculation of TICAM fees. So you'll start paying that. Then at the next year, when they redo the calculations, they're going to come up and say, and there's always a deficiency, that you're going to come up and say, hey, TICAM fees was higher than what you originally paid in as escrow. Instead of raising your bill like they do with your mortgage company, they just send you a bill and say, hey, you owe this and you got to pay it in 30 days. The mom and pop shops that have been in these retail shopping plazas for this, say, three or four years, the original lease tie camp fees that are outlined are only a portion. It could be anywhere from 50 to 75% of what they actually owe. So then sometime during the year, they're going to get a huge bill that says, hey, to bring you current, this is what we want. You owe us this bill. So this just think back through 2020, all these businesses shut down. Cities and counties lost tremendous amount of sales tax money. The, their county, the city and county budgets are hurting because revenues dropped drastically. Some states allow counties to add on top of the state sales tax, but usually it's limited to a certain amount. 
A lot of times it may be a half a percent or 1%. Most counties are maxed out of that. So they cannot increase that sales tax percentage because the state law limits them on how much they can get. Well, their other main revenue stream is property taxes. Since COVID, we're seeing counties raise property taxes pretty drastically to cover the cost of shutting down businesses and them not collecting sales tax. The landlord then gets the tax bill that is now, let's say, 10, 20% higher. He's just going to pass that on to the tenants. So now they're going to get a bill later on that says, hey, you owe us 20% more. And if it's two or three years into the lease, it could be 50% more than what they were actually paying every month. With all the protests and riots that happened after the George Floyd murder in 2020, a lot of buildings were damaged. Windows were broken out. Walls were spray painted, damages to sign, damages to business properties as the looting occurred. Well, this increases the maintenance for the property because if the property manager has to go in and repaint a wall that was graffitied, he's not, property owner's not going to cover that expense. That's getting passed on to either the business owners, the tenants as maintenance fees, or if they file claims that say all the windows of the shopping plaza were broken out. The landlord's going to file an insurance claim to replace all those windows. Well, then when insurance goes up the next year because of the claims, that cost is being passed on to the tenants. Then you also have the common area maintenance fees. Now, the landscaping costs are going up. If I'm a landscaper, my costs have gone up because fuel prices have gone up. I'm having a difficult time finding labor, so I got to pay people more. And I may not be able to take on as many clients because I only have, let's say, 75% of the crew I had pre-COVID. And I have to pay that 75% more, is that 75% of the crew more, so my my payroll cost could be the same even with 75, only 75% of the people. So I can only take on less businesses. So if I am a landscaper that focuses on commercial properties, I may only be able to take on 20 commercial properties on my rotation, but I have, if I have 30 coming after me, I'm going to raise the price and say, which of those 20 want to pay me the most money to come out and work their properties? The cost of the lawn maintenance is going to go up. The cost of the AC units, stuff like that has gone up because once again, lack of employee, lack of resources. The AC companies now are going to charge more. Freon costs are going up. So if they have to add into add more Freon, or if they just have to replace a unit, those, those units are huge. They have to pay a lot of money for those. And if we're having supply shortages where we can't get those from China, the ones that are here, prices have gone up. So if they have to buy a unit, they're going to pay a lot more than what they paid pre-COVID. Those costs are just going to be passed back onto the tenants. Then what you also have happening is as these retail plazas become vacant, where prior to COVID, I had 100% vacancy in my units. Post-COVID, I only have 80%. So I have 20% vacant. Well, the tax on that property is still the same. What these landlords are then doing is instead of dividing it equally among the total square footage of their property, I'm going to, I'm going to calculate based on the least square footage. If I have a 100,000 square foot proper, a property that I can lease out 100,000 square feet, but only 80,000 of that is leased out, I'm going to divide 
my property tax, I'm on that 80,000, not the 100,000, because as the property owner, I'm not going to pay that empty 20,000. I'm going to make the tenants that are there pay that 20,000. My opinion, that's very uh, unscrupulous because if the landlords actually work with the tenants, they probably wouldn't have the vacancy rates they, that they're seeing right now. So they're, they're putting that extra burden on that vacancies onto the tenants. The same thing with all the other fees that are going on with the maintenance, the lawn maintenance, the, the property maintenance, AC costs, stuff like that. So all the common area maintenance fees are now put are being divided among less people or a less square footage than before because of the vacancy. So that's one thing when they say their, their rents are raising, they're actually rent the, the official legal part of their rent is not changing. It's based on the contract that they sign. That's not changing. That's falling right within the contract. However, when they write the check out to the landlord, they're just calling this rent. It's that TICAM fee that is what is unknown and that's what's raising. And it's not raising every month because what happens with the, the landlords is at the end of the year, they calculate, all right, how much did we pay for maintenance? Oh, we had to replace three of the light bulb, the light poles in the parking lot. So that's going to get passed on. Our trash pickup went up because gas prices went up. So we have to calculate all that. So they go through with a fine tooth comb, all the expenses on that property to figure out what is the current TICAM fees for last year for this property. And then they're going to go make the tenants pay for that. So they've already paid some in escrow. Now they have a lot more. So the, the tenants have already paid some in escrow. So then somewhere in the first quarter or the very part of the second quarter, and this is a general concept, some may be different, but at the, somewhere in that first quarter, or at least the first month of the fourth quarter, this, the second quarter, all the tenants are going to get a, a letter from the landlord saying, hey, we recalculated the CAICAM fees for last year. We figured out how much you paid in and here's your deficiency. You owe us this fee. If this came out in March or April, guess what? They're going to have a tough time paying March or April's rent. This bill right now for mom and pop shops that have been in shopping plazas for three, four or five years and the TICAM fee portion of their lease that's stated in their lease that clearly says, hey, this isn't ex exact. It will change over time and you owe it. Could be up twice what they originally pay. So when they get that bill in the end of the first quarter, first part of the second quarter, it could be equivalent to one month's rent. So basically here at the end of March or the first part of April, when they, they're paying the rent, they're getting a bill saying, oh, you really owe us twice the amount of rent. And that's what they may be having a tough time paying. This article doesn't do a deep dive into whether it's the TICAM fees because the land if you have a contract the landlord just can't arbitrarily raise the official rent part of it that's in that contract that's signed that is fixed now there is a schedule where every year will go up but they can't touch that they just can't arbitrarily say we want to charge you more for the official rent well what they can control is those TICAM fees the landlords then do is when they become unscrupulous and they start passing on the vacant, the, the vacant property portion of that tie camp fees onto the tenants that are actually there. These landlords are also, they start looking for extra ways to jack up that tie camp fees. Let's say you may have someone that oversees all the maintenance on this big property. You have a huge property. Let's say it has 10 different buildings and 
five or 10 different stores in each of them. It's a huge property. You may have one person that just manages all the maintenance contractors that they hire, the electricians, the plumbers, the AC guy. He goes in there and negotiates the contractor how much the landscaper is going to charge, how much the trash pickup is going to charge, all, all this type of stuff. All of a sudden, that person's salary is now part of the TICAM and gets thrown under the TICAM fees. So they're looking for any other ways or... Another unscrupulous thing is you get some of these huge corporate landlords or these corporate commercial property owners, they may have a spinoff company that does the maintenance. They may have a spinoff company that they own that if they, if one of these big corporate places, if they own, let's say 50, 80% of all the retail space in a large city, they may have a, a landscaping company that they own that goes in and charges that they then hire their own company and pay a lot higher rate for landscaping. So then they can charge that as a TICAM fee and then their landscaping business is making a bunch of money. There's just a lot of slimy things these landlords can do. And I'm just wondering if that's really what's going on here. Another part of the lease, and a lot of people don't understand, don't realize this is what's happening, is if you go into a retail business now, this doesn't necessarily apply to services. You know, if you have an H&R block or an accountant renting one of these places, it doesn't necessarily apply to them. But if you have a, a retail business, so you have a mom and pop and they're selling clothes, a part in that, in their tenant agreement and their lease or contract, there's a stipulation that says that the landlord gets a cut of sales. That, that could vary from, uh, depending on the landlord, but let's just say hypothetically it's 1%. So 1% of that sales of whatever they sell is added to that rent. So they have the fixed rent that's in the contract. Of, I'm paying so much per square foot. I have to pay this every month. I have the estimated TICAM fees and then I have the sales that I have to pay. So let's say on a good week in a retailer, I have $25,000 sales and I have to pay 1% of that to them. So now I have to pay another $250. And this could be any, it could be any amount. It could be 5%, 10%. During 2020 with COVID and all these businesses shut down, the landlords lost that whole part of that revenue, revenue stream. They still got their rent if the, the tenant was able to pay. They still got their tie cams. However, they lost this one, two, five percent, ten percent of sales cut that they, that they were able to get because there were no sale. Now, fast forward to 2022, the current time frame, businesses are back open up, but now with inflation, they're selling these products at a lot higher costs. Retail sales have not gone back to where it was before. Now, the revenue or their sales dollars may be equivalent, but what they were selling, how much they were selling is, is not the same. I may have sold a thousand pieces of clothing per week pre-COVID and Today, I am selling 750 pieces of clothing, but my revenue is still the same because I had to raise costs on my products. Now, my profit margin or how much I'm actually making profit dollar amount may actually be the same amount because I couldn't raise prices too high or people stop buying. So as I raise the prices, I keep how much I make on those thousand pieces. So this, I just made uh, $5 per piece I sold. I'm pre-COVID, I'm making $5. After COVID right now, I may still be making that same $5. But now I still have to pay a percentage of my sales to the landlord and that's coming out of my profit now. The tenants are actually making less money profit-wise, even though their revenue may be exactly the same. So once again, 
This is part of the overall picture of the generic concept of rent. Then if the tenant is actually able to sell the exact same number of pieces, let's say I'm selling a thousand items of clothes pre-COVID, I'm selling a thousand now, but I went from $10,000 a week to $12,000 a week just because of inflation. Well, now I have to pay that cut of the my sales to the landlord is now out of that inflated price. So now my rent has gone up, even though I'm selling the exact same amount, I'm making the exact same amount of profit as I was pre-COVID because of inflation, the landlord is now making more money and I have to pay more in rent because of that. There, there's a lot going into this this term rent. It's a it's a big picture. There's a lot of different parts in there that I think is going into why these tenants are unable to pay rent. And I'm thinking it's a lot more than mom and pop shops are unable to pay rent. And I think a lot of it being April is when they got their TICAM fee bill for the year. And they're seeing that a lot higher than what it was because expenses have gone up and landlords are looking for ways to jack up that bill because they cannot raise the official part of the rent because that's in a contract. They can't touch that. The only thing that's nebulous is those TICAM fees and that's what they're going after to jack those up. So I hope this is uh, interesting and I hope you found this informative. Thanks for listening. I could run the whole block just from walking the line Parking is prime, these are the thoughts of my mind And I'm a straight rider, never stop at a sign And I'm only slowing down if I'm stopping the sign Six figures on the check before I'm jotting the line It goes one for the money, two for the clothes Three for the honeys and a four for the flows Five O's and six